Hello and welcome to 2020 Vision with Kirsty Ingalls. Thank you for joining me um, and forgive my slightly hushed tones. I am currently nursing my baby and trying very hard not to wake him up as I speak to you. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I am Canadian despite this accent and I am a visitor in the Lekwungen territory, indigenous land in Victoria, BC. Um, because I'm trying to speak to you when my baby is still asleep. Oh, he is currently not asleep. You okay, sweetie? Um, I am gonna skip the preamble and get straight into talking to you about energetic anatomy. So if we are willing to consider the human body not just as an amalgam of cells and physical matter but rather as an energetic entity um, irrespective of what that means but if we're just willing to uh, accept that we have energy and that energy is an important part of who we are um, then when you look at the body you can imagine seeing three separate decision-making centers. So we have the mind, which we people tend to be familiar with as a place for making decisions. We also have the heart and we also have the gut. Um, and in the energetic anatomy that I see, those each play very different roles. So the job of the mind is uh, much narrower than uh, the way that most people currently use their minds. Basically, what our mind is really good at doing is math and logic. Anything other than those two skills tend to be better suited to other parts of our body. Um, if we come down then to our gut, the job of our gut is to keep us safe. And that safety can be both to external dangers, like if you're walking down the street late at night and suddenly you get the heebie-jeebies, it's your gut telling you that maybe something is wrong. But the gut is also um, a place that has an important role in ensuring we feel internally safe. So if something is happening that we aren't able to handle or that our system believes that we aren't able to handle, what it will do, it will take it straight into our subconscious so that we are not consciously aware of it and the, f the physical energy of that experience is then stored in our gut um, so it's keeping us nice and safe and then when in the future if or when we have the skills, the ability, the opportunity to process that in a way that's safe and non-threatening to our system we're then able to do it and the gut then is a great way for guiding us through that process. And then finally we have the heart which is the home of healing, of connection and the home of insight or intuitive ability. And what I'm going to do is talk a little more, a little more detail about each of these things, um, how to understand the human body when you're thinking about these three separate decision-making centers 
and more specifically what that means for your overall well-being. One reason it's really important to understand that we have these three separate centres is because they each have their own rhythm and um, I am not the person to tell you about the science of that but there is very good science about it. There's a specific way you can hold the human head and you'll actually feel the rhythm of somebody's brain. Similarly, we all know if you put your hand on your heart you can feel the rhythm of your heart. The gut also has a rhythm. Um, And these three rhythms are different from each other. And what happens is whichever one of those places we spend the most time being consciously engaged with, eventually the whole of our physical body, our whole system, entrains onto the rhythm of that spot. So... If you spend most of your time thinking and in your mind, your whole body will entrain onto the rhythm of your mind. And the downside to having your whole system entrained onto the rhythm of your mind is that that rhythm is not the most conducive to our overall well-being, which is why and how incidents of chronic illness are so prevalent in the West in part because we're simply living in a way that is not in alignment with how the human body is supposed to be. And that misalignment means that we are missing opportunities to allow our body to do the self-correction, the self-healing that is encoded into our the energetic imprint of who we are. Our bodies were designed to be well, to get well, to correct themselves when something goes wrong. And by living in a way that is not energetically in balance, we are depriving ourselves of the opportunity for that to happen. So let's talk in a little more detail then about the mind. Our minds are these beautiful, wonderful things that are so incredibly effective at the things that they're supposed to do. Um, But they're also the home of our ego and left unchecked they can uh, get themselves into a little bit of trouble. If you uh, can all picture, you know those insecure yappy dogs that are trying so hard to keep you safe but they are really biting off more than they can chew. Uh, barking at much bigger dogs, causing all kinds of problems along the way. Their intentions are good, they're trying very hard, they're using everything they've got, but the job of a small yappy dog is to sit on your lap and make you feel good. It's not to keep you safe. Um, Joe Dispenza has done a huge amount of writing on the human mind. He does some really great research. Uh, He, I might be getting these numbers wrong because I haven't, looked at this stuff in a long time but he did some uh, research that I think showed we have something like 30,000 thoughts every single day and 95% of those thoughts are absolutely identical to the same thought that we had yesterday so it's kind of like we have our minds running on this loop of thinking things and thinking things and thinking things which isn't adding any value at all. 
Um, and in the way that I describe the human body, what happens is the, when the mind thinks a thought, our physical body will then create an emotion in response to that thought. So the job of the mind, one of the jobs of the mind is to have a thought and then the body creates an emotional reaction in response. And what that emotional response is intended to do is to let us know what our body feels about the thing that's going on in our mind. So when we are thinking about, oh, what a wonderful walk I had in the forest this afternoon. I get this nice, warm, fuzzy feeling inside of joy or of happiness or of appreciation, whatever it may be. And that's wonderful. But if my mind is thinking about some maybe unpleasant experience that I had, a time that I was scared or a time that I was angry or a time I was afraid, the, my body creates an emotional response to that thought as if that situation was occurring at this point in time. So if I'm thinking about something from the past that makes me feel angry, it's creating anger in my system. And there's no need for that. I don't need to be feeling angry right now. I'm not in a situation where anger is something that's going to be helping me. And I have two choices. I either fully feel, express the anger, and so it gets to pass from my system, or something else happens, and we'll talk about that when I get to talking about the gut. So we're having these thoughts so many times a day, each one is creating an emotional response. And many, many, 95% of those thoughts aren't actually actively serving us in the moment because they don't pertain to what's happening right here and right now. So what that means essentially is our mind is just continuously pumping more and more stuff into our system, which our body then has to deal with. And that's a very unnecessary process that many or most of us are engaged in. It's an unnecessary process before you think about the fact that people, very lovely people who say and think only the most wonderful, caring and considerate things about other people, quite often say rather unkind, rather uncaring, uncharitable things about themselves. So you have many, many people who essentially, really when you think about it, are in, in an abusive relationship with themselves. They tolerate from their own minds things that they would never allow somebody else to say to them and things that they would never dream about saying to anybody else. So then you have this abusive voice going on inside your head, saying all of these things, creating all of these emotions, which then accumulate like toxic sludge inside of your system. And so we're going to talk more about what you do with each of these decision-making centers, but the short version is that when you allow your mind to focus in only on the tasks to which it is well suited, 
even though it might not be happy at the beginning of that process, it might not be willing to give up control, you do ultimately end up in a much happier place because once everybody's doing their own job, that feels better to everybody. Um, the mind is an incredibly clever little thing and um, it's also very conservative. It's the most small c conservative part of the human body and even if you are in the most unimaginably intolerable situation right now, it would rather you stay with the devil you know than risk changing something. So if you um, enter into a conversation with your body like, hey, I'm not quite satisfied with the way things are going right now. We're going to try this new thing. Your mind is typically going to be quite unkeen on relinquishing the control that it has had up until now. Or it might be a little bit sneaky and be like, yeah, sure, we can do that. Yeah, let's, let's talk to the heart. We'll let the heart be in charge for a while. And then the mind is going to be there like, hi, I'm the heart. Yes, this is what we're going to do. And so you need to be really quite careful indeed to understand what is the mind and what isn't. I'll talk about that a bit more when we get to uh, the other places. The final thing that I would like to say about the heart and why we view it the way that we do um, is simply... If you grew up in the West, as I did, we have grown up in a culture which is so far removed from a more traditional way of being, a more um, energetically appropriate way of being, that we have forgotten many of the things that our bodies innately know to be true. Um, so when we are babies and young children, our parents teach us how to survive in the culture in which we grow up. And for those of us who grow up in the West, that means that you need to do well in school if you want to get a good job and if you want to have a comfortable life. And the schools that we have focus very strongly on knowledge in a very mind-focused way. So you take this mind thing which is supposed to be this nice nimble small part of us and you pump it full of steroids in the education system and of course it's going to grow and grow and grow and do everything that you ask it to do and the problem is that the cost to humans and to humanity of taking that approach is that we lose sight of so many things so many things that in other cultures are a central part of what it is recognised it means to be human. And one of those things is the knowledge that humans have about what healing truly is, how to get well, what being a doctor means, and what we can expect this uh, sack of flesh and bones that we call our body to be able to do for us, with us, and through us. Okay, so onto the heart. This is the, the part of the body that has the highest vibration. So these three decision-making centers, they each have their own rhythm. The peak, the highest vibration 
is in the heart and the higher the vibration the uh, better we feel the lighter we feel the more connected we feel both to ourselves and to the environment around us um, and the, the beautiful thing about the heart is it's your guidebook to inner exploration so simply by taking your attention down into the space around your heart and just sitting there just being with no expectations no agenda nothing at all just by sitting there you automatically begin to engage with a sense of connectedness a sense of well-being let's all just do that for a moment take your attention first of all notice where in your body you feel your attention right now For many people, quite probably it's going to be in their mind. For the mindful meditators among you, maybe it's right there in your ears where this noise is coming in. Wherever it may be, just slowly pull. Imagine a ball of light wherever you feel that attention and just slowly invite and coax down that ball of light into the space in the middle of your chest, around your heart. And just sit there. Just sit there for a few moments and just notice how it feels. And what I would encourage you all to do is to spend as much time as you can, whenever you find yourself with a spare moment or whenever you kind of catch yourself like, oh, now might be a good time to just go and sit in my heart. And just spend all the time you can there. First of all, that will make you become increasingly familiar with the way that it feels to be the you that you truly are. Secondly, it will help your body move towards entraining your whole system onto the rhythm of your heart. And thirdly, the more time you spend there, the more talkative your heart becomes. Because the guidebook that is in your heart, it's an audio book, not a paper book. And the only way that you get to read it is by sitting there and waiting for the narrator to start speaking. Okay, so onto the gut. Now, every person listening has been in situations where their gut spoke very clearly to them. They heard the voice saying, do this or don't do this. And then they didn't do, they didn't listen. And then something goes wrong and down the line they're like why didn't I listen and the answer to that question is always that well you heard you heard exactly what your gut told you to keep you safe but your mind provided you with a whole bunch of logical reasons 
as to why you should override that instinct and do what the mind thinks instead. So the more familiar you become with the voice of your mind versus the voice of your heart versus the voice of your gut, the better able you are to discern which one you should be listening to when. Now the gut, I think we're all reasonably familiar with what that does in terms of keeping us safe out in the physical world, but I'm going to be talking now about its role in keeping us internally safe. So earlier on we were talking about the mind and it kicking up all these thousands of thoughts each day. And every time you have a thought and you create an emotional response, two things can happen. Either you fully experience that emotion in the moment it was created, and that's the job of an emotion. The job of an emotion is to let us know what our body feels in response to a mind's thought. So you're walking down the street and something dangerous is happening. Your mind is like, holy. Your body's like, yep, I agree, that's not good. I'm scared. I'm going to run away. You run away. The process of doing so, you use up the adrenaline. The whole feeling of scaredness can leave your system. You're all good. But if your mind then keeps thinking about it, like, what the heck was that? It creates that feeling of fear again. And you no longer have the physical impetus of running away to get it out of your system. So then you can end up with this excess fear. So anything that you don't fully process in the moment, either in the moment of the event happening or in the moment of the thought occurring and the physical response happening again, anything that isn't fully expressed in the moment becomes stored and that's the definition of a trauma. A trauma is any emotion that you weren't able to fully process in the moment. And the moment doesn't have to mean that exact second. It kind of means that day before you go to sleep and you do your REM processing of events that happen that day. So any emotion that isn't fully expressed and processed becomes stored in your energetic system and what happens over time is we store more and more of these and those create clogs and blockages in our system which means that our energy isn't able to flow in the way that it's supposed to and in the traditional by which I mean non-western understanding of medicine that is the cause of disease chronic illness and other problems that we develop. I'm not going to go into huge detail on that right now, but I suppose the Coles Notes version of it is uh, both sides of medicine, so traditional medicine and Western medicine, they both agree that energy exists and physical matter exists. In um, the Western mind-based understanding of medicine, you have cells, and there's an uh, electrical gradient in cells, which is how things, well, calcium, I don't know, some stuff is transported into the cell, out of the cell, by this electrical gradient. And then you put a whole bunch of cells together and the uh, electrical field becomes bigger because there's more of them there. 
So in Western understanding, first you have the matter and then that creates the energy in traditional understandings of the world, the consciousness, the universe, the energy exists first and the existence of the energy creates the matter. And the reason that that distinction is important is because in non-Western medicine, our understanding is that by treating the energy field, you are addressing the root causes of illness, unease, people not being the way that they want to be. And by removing the cause, the physical body can then, in most cases, self-correct. So you take out the root and then the body will take care of itself, sometimes needing a bit of support. That support could be nutritional, it could be herbal, it could be surgical. But the point is you address the root and then the physical side will be okay. To practitioners of Western medicine, apart from ones who are involved in biophysics, that's not something that they agree with. And that is 100% okay. We all approach these things from different angles. And that means that between all of us, we get to help as many people as possible. Okay, so my boy here looks like he's not going to be asleep for too much longer. So I'm going to leave that on the gut. Uh, we will be talking about it more in the future. Um, so I'd like to invite you guys to do an exercise. So earlier on, we spent some time sitting in our heart and I'm going to talk through something that you can try on your own. I will in the future do this as a guided meditation. But for the time being, I will give you a map and you can figure it out for yourself. So in this exercise, you're going to spend some time in each of the uh, three decision making centers of the body. So sit nice and comfortably wherever works for you. And then you're going to go into take your center of consciousness right into the middle of your head. And you're going to sit in your mind and you're just going to notice what that feels like. Spend some time doing that. Have a little chat with your mind. Be like, hey, mind, thank you so much for all of the wonderful things that you do for me. Uh, now I'm going on a little voyage through the body and I'd like you to stay here. So for the duration of this exercise, I want you to stay quiet and uninvolved in what's going on. And if you try and come and interfere with what's going on, I'm gonna send you back here to be quiet. So you may as well just sit here quietly now and save us both the bother. And part of what we're doing in this process is cultivating a consensual relationship with our own body. So you then need to be like, okay, mind, is that something that you can agree to? And if the mind says yes, it's great. If the mind says no, you're going to need to have a chat up until the point that you get a yes. When you get a yes, you're going to slowly take your consciousness down into the space around your heart. And you're going to sit in that space as we did earlier and just feel how it feels. Now, the first two times you do this exercise, so on two separate occasions, all you're going to do 
is to sit in that space in your heart. You're just going to sit there, notice what it feels like, feel how it feels to be in your heart space. Feels pretty good, eh? Okay, and so then from the third time on, what you're going to do, same steps, you're sitting in your heart space, but then you can choose when your body is ready and you'll know when your body's ready because your heart will tell you. It'll be like, hey heart, do you think now would be a good time to go down into my gut and see what's happening there? And your heart will give you a yes or a no. You move your attention, if you get a yes, down into your gut and just be like, hey gut, how are you doing? Is there anything going on here? Are there any unexpressed emotions? that you would like me to know about. And you might just find like a little flicker. You might get a physical sensation. You might get, you might kind of hear the name of an emotion or you might just get a vague rumbling that you're not really sure what it is. Just sit in whatever sensation you notice. Just give it your attention. Sit there and notice what's going on. Because what you're doing is you're building up a rapport, you're building up trust with your body. So you're going to spend the time there and see what happens. Whenever you're not quite sure what's going on, you don't know what to do next, bring your attention back into your heart space. That's all you need to do. Your heart is like your anchor. It's your place for recalibrating with how it feels to be you. So anytime you're not sure, you come back to your heart because that's where you sit in presence. If you're sitting in your heart, you know exactly what it is that's going on. Just sit there. Hmm. If in the first couple of times that you're doing this exercise, you're sitting in your heart and your body starts speaking to you already, what I would recommend you do is to fully acknowledge that, be, you know, your knee starts to call out to you. Be like, hey knee, how are you doing? Thank you so much for speaking to me. Today, my intention is simply to sit in my heart space. Would it be okay if you and I have a chat another day? You then take your consciousness down into your knee and notice what's going on in there. Notice if your knee is telling you yes, if your knee is telling you no. If your knee is like, no, you really need to pay attention to me today, then you do the same thing. You put your attention down in your knee, you sit there and you just wait and notice. The thing that's really important about this whole process is to be very conscious not to allow your mind to start speaking to you as if it were your heart, as if it were your knee, as if it were any of those other things. So if you find yourself getting a bit confused, a bit lost, you always come back into your heart and you can ask questions to your heart and it will tell you what's going on. And the key is to ask questions to which the answer is either yes or no, because it's much easier to hear 
a yes or a no in response to a question than if you had a prose long form answer. So you're going to spend this time in your body using your heart as the navigation tool and you know that you're ready to stop when you come into your heart and you kind of just have that sense so then you ask hey heart would now be a good time for us to stop for today you get a yes you thank your body for the work it's done for you you thank your heart for its navigation and you thank your mind for having either immediately or perhaps more realistically eventually chosen to be on the sidelines and once again the whole point of this process is simply to begin to establish a consent-based rapport within your own body so if you only get as far as sitting in your heart and asking your mind to return to your head not to be involved and then you sit in your heart and then you return to your mind ask it not to be involved that is great because what you're doing is you're training your mind that it can't just go rampantly wherever it wants to be if you as a person have chosen to be in your heart the job of everything that isn't your heart is to respect the decision that you've made and to allow you to sit there The other aspect of this is you can be very sure that whatever experience you're having in that moment is the experience that you're supposed to be having. So don't go looking for some other experience. Just lovingly embrace the experience that you're having. Try this a couple of times where your intention is simply to sit in your heart and do nothing else. From the third time on, sit in your heart and invite other parts of your body excluding your mind to have a chat with you and happy exploring i hope that goes beautifully for you i will do a guided meditation at some point in the future where i talk you through the process in a slightly more structured way Um, but that is for another day Uh, I'm going to sign off now. If you want more information on me and what I do, who I am and so on, uh, you're welcome to visit my website, which is iniwest.ca. That is A-Y-N-I West dot C-A, where you will find information on me and my practice. Probably I should have said it at the beginning, but I was a bit too focused on keeping my baby quiet. Um, I am a somatic and shamanic practitioner, so I work with clients who are looking to connect to their inner guidance and remember what they already know about who they are, how they want to be in the world and how it is that it's best for them to get there. So once again, uh, you can find information at iniwest.ca, A-Y-N-I West ca and if you would like to get in touch you can email 2020 at inewest.ca so 2020 at a y n i w e s t dot ca thank you so much for listening and i hope you have a wonderful day much love bye